Welcome to the Indoor Environmental Quality Podcast. Thank you for joining me for this episode. I'm Chris White, a project manager with Wynn White Consulting Engineers in Baton Rouge. Today we're going to talk about smells. Sometimes indoor environmental quality problems aren't very straightforward, not very conventional. Workplace smells and fragrances are a great example of this. You might laugh at the idea that smells or fragrances can be a headache, but I've seen it firsthand both personally and professionally, and believe me, it's no laughing matter. Uh, first, a, a quick story i got to tell you. Uh, when I was 13, I took a trip to Arkansas with a friend's family, and it was a great trip, first time in the mountains, uh, going through hills and valleys and seeing a lot of different parts of the country that I hadn't seen before. Um, but we were in a, in a brand new car and, uh, it's always great to take a, take a trip and a, take a ride in a, a brand new car. But what wasn't so great about the trip was the motion sickness that actually was made worse by the new car smell. And those memories have stayed with me ever since really. And so whenever I smell new car smell, I've got new car smell in air quotes there, uh, I get a little bit queasy and sometimes develop a headache. But, you know, everybody says, I look, I love new car smell. And pretty much everybody I know except me loves new car smell. But, you know, I'm just one of those people that I'm, I'm not a fan of new car smell. But I get it because for other people, I'm smelling a new car. I mean, that's, that's something to be happy about or even, even have some pride in because, I mean, you've got a new set of wheels. And, I mean, who doesn't like having a new having a new car and, and look, I love new cars. Um, uh, but that smell just really sets me off. Um, okay. So it turns out though, if you, if you know about indoor environmental quality or indoor air quality, you know, that indoor, uh, the indoor air quality problems can be caused by volatile organic compounds and lots of other contaminants. And guess what? That's, a lot of what makes up new car smell. So new car smell is the off-gassing of adhesives and other materials from the car's manufacturing process. And so um, no big shocker there that some of those off-gassing chemicals aren't so good for us. But since many people love that smell, they can endure the exposure, or they at least seem to, and they're just fine. They're perfectly happy. I mean, like I said, I mean, everybody gets excited either when driving a new car or riding in a new car. But when it comes to our indoor environments, our offices, our classrooms, our meeting spaces, um, the adverse effects from smells, odors, and fragrances, whatever you want to call them, is that a big deal? And some people say yes. Some people will, will say no. Um, here's another story. In 2016, we had a pretty big flood event in the Baton Rouge area. And just as an aside, it's hard to believe that, you know, we're into 2020 now and, you know, we're three plus years down the road from, from that flood event. And if you've ever lived through a flood or a fire or a tornado or hurricane, anything like that, you know, that the, the memory of those events stay with you for, for quite a while. But anyway, um, this flood, we got something like 30 inches of rain just in several days. And that was pretty impressive, even though, I mean, he, here in Louisiana, we get about 60 inches of rain per year, but 30 inches of rain just over several days. That was half our annual rainfall and uh, just, just in a few days. Um, we had flooding 
all over the place, homes, schools, businesses, you name it, lots of places flooded. And so the, the good part of that, though, is the recovery or the beginnings of the recovery went pretty quickly. And so a lot of people were able to clean out their buildings, gut out, um, move back in and start working on restoration. But there, there were some places like schools where they had to abandon their buildings and bring in temporary buildings. Or if you work in schools, uh, a lot of people call them T buildings. Uh, we had one client that leased a lot of brand new buildings from a manufacturer, just prefab buildings, um, and brought them in. These were there were three schools. Each each school had hundreds of kids, and they relocated to these T buildings. Now, you know, what, what happened with these prefab buildings, there were indoor air quality issues, and all three of these schools had complaints, but they were pretty much the same kind of complaint. So that was, that was good and bad. It was good because we had to try to drill down and get to essentially the same problem. It was bad because it was, it was three schools, three different sites, and it affected hundreds, uh, hundreds of people, teachers, teachers and kids, as far as displacing and, and the, the, the things that we eventually had to do. Um, okay, so when, when you mention prefab buildings or modular buildings, T buildings, whatever you want to call them, and indoor air quality, I, right away I think of formaldehyde. So you know, I, I think right back to the Katrina trailer stories where there were lots of people that were affected by formaldehyde in the, the manufacture of those of those Katrina trailers. And so I, I, re, I just thought right off that whenever they were having complaints in these buildings, I thought formaldehyde right away. And it turns out that wasn't the case. Uh, in this case, there was a noti- noticeable ammonia smell just in random places in these buildings. Um, and so it, it wasn't strong enough to work really to cause a life-threatening kind of problem, although ammonia can do just exactly that, but it was it was noticeable and it was an irritant for people just at random times in random places in these buildings. Now, strangely enough, you know, I told you a minute ago that, um, you know, about my aversion to new car smell, but oddly enough, I don't find ammonia smell to be offensive, at least kind of in, in low concentrations. And the reason for that is because uh, a little bit of ammonia smell actually reminds me of the smell of the blueprint machine in my grandfather's engineering office. Back in the 70s, uh, my grandfather, who was also an engineer, uh, had a blueprint machine and something in the process of making blueprints, I don't know, there, there's some sort of ammonia smell that's given off during that. And so I'm a little kid and um, hanging out with my dad and my granddad running around the office just having fun and um, you know smell that smell and you know kind of like a lot of things you can you can associate a smell with a good event or a bad event so a good event with a, a strange thing like ammonia for me or uh, new car smell which is usually a good thing um, with with maybe a not so good memory it reminds me of being car sick that time so so smells and sounds and, and things that we see can really, uh, they can evoke strong responses in people. And what's, what's really tough when it comes to indoor environmental quality problems or indoor air quality is that 
it'll affect different people differently. It'd be great if it were just one uniform set of responses, one dose, um, if, if one person sensitized or, or aware of something being present inside somewhere, then everybody would be aware of it. And that's just not how it works with some of these smells. And, and that's, that's really tough when it comes to investigating and trying to solve these problems and trying to, trying to make recommendations to a client on what to do. Okay, so back to the, the, the temporary buildings. It turns out that a lot of trial and error, lots of, lots of testing using Draeger tubes and handheld devices, we found the ammonia source, and it was the wood roof deck above the suspended ceiling. Uh, the, wood, the, the roof deck really wasn't real wood. It was more like a modified OSB or oriented strand board. And I don't know, something in the manufacturing of that OSB where they used ammonia in it, and the, the ammonia wasn't in high enough concentrations to be harmful, but it was noticeable. And there were some complaints, and those complaints ranged anywhere from, from headaches to burning eyes. So what was going on is the ammonia source, the wood, was off-gassing at a higher rate because of our hot climate. So uh, when it was hot, when it was really humid, there was a lot of off-gassing that was occurring. And so the, the teachers and the kids uh, could, could smell this, this ammonia. So... You know, I mentioned that indoor environmental factors affect a lot of people differently. So that's that could be why some people don't mind a coworker's cologne or perfume, uh, but some people really may get set off by that one particular thing, like cologne, perfume. Um, so you can have discomfort, uneasiness, nausea, headaches, and even asthma-like symptoms, and these can run all the way up to serious side effects. Or you can have problems associated with potentially harmful things like ammonia. So from the standpoint of seriousness, if, if you have absenteeism or if you have a loss of productivity, would you say that that's, that's pretty serious? It's, it's a productivity issue that um, gives us all a problem. And I would think so because you know even if, even if we don't actively measure the effects of these kind of things in our workplaces, if you have more absenteeism in your workforce, or if you're running a school and you're trying to find substitute teachers and trying to keep school going, I mean, it's tough. Or if you have kids missing school and you're, you're trying to, I mean, you're trying to educa educate these kids and, and, you know, they can't come to school for a little while until this problem clears up. So that, that can be a real problem. So here's some other irritating items uh, that, that we've run across. So the scented candles, and the plug-in air fresheners, and look, I you know I don't have a, any problem uh, with these products, but you know these things. I'm, the the purpose of these is to give off a smell, but sometimes that smell can set people off. Um, another thing is uh, in, in office spaces, especially, is burnt microwave popcorn. And one thing I can tell you about burnt microwave popcorn, unless you if you if you've never run across that yourself, uh, that's pretty annoying. And that burnt microwave smell or microwave popcorn smell, really takes a long time to go away. Uh, cleaning chemicals, uh, depending on the kind of cleaning chemicals you use, the smell of those um, really can, can bother a lot of people. And one thing to really watch, and I mentioned it in the previous episode, uh, got to watch 
mixing chemicals because you can you can mix up a, a harmful cocktail uh, of chemicals as a result of how you're cleaning. Uh, deodorize uh, deodorizers, um, you know, those are used to mask a more serious problem a lot of times, especially in hotels. Um, those can set people off. Even soaps and shampoos, uh, workplace electronics, believe it or not, can, can cause indoor environmental quality problems uh, because some give off ozone. And then you can have off-gassing furniture or construction materials. So uh, maybe, maybe you've experienced some of this yourself, but the, the question comes down to, okay, what do we do? It's not a good idea to ban all soaps and deodorants. I would, I would never say that, that we need to do that. And I don't care what construction materials you use or what furnishings you use, they all have some sort of smell. And so being completely fragrance-free or odor-free or smell-free, just, that's just not realistic. I mean, stuff smells like stuff, whatever, whatever it is. So there doesn't seem to be a universal response to these indoor environmental problems except for maybe one. Uh, if somebody comes to you with a problem, uh, don't dismiss their complaints out of hand. The people reporting these problems, they want you to understand, or they want to understand that, that you're listening to them and you're taking their problem seriously. So they may be giving you an important insight into a more serious problem with your building. So for example, if let's say that um, somebody's using plugins, uh, those plug-in odorizers to create some sort of smell in an office or a classroom, maybe that's because they don't, they're smelling mold or they're smelling an ammonia type smell or they're smelling something else. But it, the mold or the ammonia may be the more serious problem and not the plug-in odor. But if you know that you're seeing more and more of these plug-ins pop up, maybe it's because people are trying to, to hide something and you're just not aware of another indoor environmental quality problem. So, uh, com communicate and investigate. Talk to your people, you know, listen to what they've got to say, and then ask for help. And then, of course, work on finding the source of the problem and fixing it. Uh, some businesses and building owners have actually been sued under the Americans with Disabilities Act, or ADA, because of these problems. Um, attorneys have varied opinions on whether or not ADA claims are warranted for this, and I haven't seen where really this has played out in the courts, so I, I don't know what's going to ultimately happen for this. But I mean, the bottom line is if you get sued for something and you have to spend time and money defending yourself, then every, everybody loses except for the people who make money off lawsuits like this, which of course is lawyers. Um, so like I said, this could be a tough issue to handle because every place has a smell and some smells can be impossible to mask or make go away especially if it's related to the overall environment. So if you've got something going on outside and you're bringing in outdoor air into your building, and, and most of us are, um, you may be stuck with some, some amount of whatever that smell is. So, um, you know, sometimes you can change furniture or cleaning products and, and make, a, make a problem go away, but some other problems are really, really difficult to solve. But... Um, I still re I recommend keeping an eye out for these problems. Um, there's a Job Accommodation Network, or JAN, article on this topic, and I'll put a link in the show notes, and has some interesting recommendations for dealing with these issues. 
So number one, and I agree with this wholeheartedly, is to maintain good indoor air quality. Yeah, no doubt. Whether you have a smell problem or an odor problem or not, maintain good indoor air quality. Uh, they recommend discontinuing the use of fragrance products. Uh, they recommend using only unscented cleaning products and also recommend providing uh, scent-free meetings room, meeting rooms and restrooms. Um, I don't know, maybe maybe call this reduced fragrance or something like that because uh, you know saying something is, is scent-free and if somebody perceives it as not being scent-free, you know, do you open yourself up to liability because of that? You know, I don't know. Um, you can modify workstation locations, maybe. Uh, you can modify work schedules, allow for fresh air breaks, uh, provide an air purification system. But like I mentioned, there are some things that, uh, some smells that maybe you just cannot remove from the indoor environment. Uh, modify communication methods. So uh, provide uh, a vehicle for people working in your building or living in your building to uh, report if something seems out of sorts to them. Uh, modify or create a fragrance-free workplace policy. And then last, and, and it may come to something like this, especially in offices, where maybe you allow people to telecommute. So uh, that that can help out maybe in solving a problem that otherwise would take a lot of time and, and money to solve maybe for just one or maybe a couple of people. So I've got some interesting articles with more on this topic that I've, I've linked to. Um, but whatever the problem, a potential short-term option uh, to long-term option could be ventilating with odor-free, tempered, dehumidified air. So blow that offending smell right out of the building. And then, uh, you know, before you do that, though, check to make sure as best you can that that's going to work. Uh, but I'm interested to know if, if you've had these problems, what did you do? I'd like to get your feedback so I can share it uh, with others. And so I won't share any details. Uh, I'll keep your identity and specific details out of the story, but it would be good to be able to share what you did to handle these problems with others. If you'd like more information or help on solving indoor environmental quality problems, please call or email me. Go to our website, www.winwhite.com, or you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ChrisWhitePE. And then also, if you would, please leave us a review on iTunes or your podcast player. And then also send us an idea on uh, show topics or, or something that you'd like us to do to, to improve the podcast. Uh, thanks for listening and hope you're having a great start to 2020.